Before we start this episode, I would like to take a minute to tell you about the upcoming Texas Woodworking Festival, where makers and enthusiasts come together to celebrate their love for the craft. Join us for this two-day event filled with fun, creativity, and inspiration. The festival brings together lumberyards, woodworking organizations and clubs, content creators, furniture makers, and tool manufacturers for a weekend of food, drinks, and all things woodworking. This year, the festival is launching educational seminars where you'll have the opportunity to learn from some true masters of the craft, including Frank Straza, Philip Morley, Kim McIntyre, and Andrew Hunter, just to name a few. The festival will be held in Austin, Texas on August 26th and 27th. Visit TexasWoodworkingFestival.com for more information and to buy tickets. Whether you're a seasoned woodworker or just starting out, there's something for everyone at the Texas Woodworking Festival. Hi, and welcome to episode 449 of the MWA podcast. I'm Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean and Brian. Mark is on assignment. Today, we're excited to have Andrew Hunter as our guest. Andrew is an accomplished fine furniture maker, instructor, Japanese hand tool enthusiast, and a contributor to Fine Woodworking Magazine. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll be talking about what Andrew's up to and all about what he's going to be doing at the Texas Woodworking Festival. But before we do that, um, let's dip our toes into the woodworking news. So first up, Lost Art Press has a a video coming soon on the Gibson chair. This is an Irish stick chair that uh, he's built, and um, it's probably going to be out uh, fairly soon, and uh, the video will be 50 days, uh, sorry, easy for me to say, $50 for the first 30 days that it's on the market, and thereafter it'll be $75. Now, if this is anything like his other stick chair videos, it's well worth that price as far as all the detail he goes into. So if you're, uh, if you've seen this before, he's posted a number of different versions as well as a number of makers that have made this. And uh, there are plans for this in a stick chair book. So, um, you know, this is something I'm looking forward to. It's always, always great. And uh, looking forward to doing the uh, the video because Chris is always entertaining. Does he have squared off spindles in the back of this one? Uh, uh, they're probably octagonal, I would Octagonal, think. maybe. I I like, maybe maybe it's just it could be squared off. Yeah, it's interesting. an interesting interesting yeah. layout, kind of a yeah. triangular layout. They're not parallel. Yeah. Um and and the beefy arms and the obviously the squarey kind of, you know, home base shaped seat, you know. Yeah. It's not what I would call the most attractive chair, but it is supposedly comfy. Yeah, That's what I, I said. I, it's like it's like a laid back easy in chair. Well, what's funny is, you know, this is the Irish chair and I'm me being Irish, I got to build one. Um, you know, but it's supposed to be really comfy, but what was that movie that got some Academy award? The, um, it was Irish that, um, had a couple of guys that, um, and something in Sharon or something. Oh yeah. The, um, the, just last year, you mean? Yeah. Just last year. It was the something of Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. I have not, have not seen the movie, but I did remember seeing the trailer and there was actually a Gibson Irish chair in the trailer of the movie. You know, it's just like, as soon as I saw that, I went, <laughs> worth watching. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, stick, ch- stick chairs in general, a lot of people say, boy, that yep. chair is kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. But when you sit in these things, they are yep. comfortable. You know, yep. don't don't let that chunkiness kind of fool you. It's uh, it's one of those don't knock it until you try kind of chairs. And they're, you know, as far as build, I think they're maybe even a little easier than Windsor's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that John Brown? He, he had an article in Fun Woodworking about the Welsh stick chair. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The movie Kyle is the Banshees of Indusharan. Yeah. Banshees of Indusharan. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I I've not seen the movie. It was well well acclaimed. So I'm yeah, I need to. It. I hear I hear it's pretty good. So I need to give it a listen. <laughs> Considered can... for an Academy Award, so it must be okay. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. Anyway, but uh, not to be outdone with this uh, coming soon for the uh, for the uh, Gibson chair video, but also coming soon is the cross peen hammer from Crucible Tools uh, that mm -hmm. uh, Chris has been working on. So I think probably by the time this this uh episode posts it may be um out there for purchase and which means it'll probably be sold out and we'll be waiting for the second batch but um anyway it looks like a pretty nice cross peen hammer um i think there's a lot of i guess um what do i want to say machining on the actual hammers uh yeah, a lot of facets of yeah. yeah a lot of facets yeah. a lot of chamfers so I think the price is going to be they they don't know what the final price is just yet, but it's going to be similar to his lump hammer. So yeah, we were mm. talking before the show. It's like I'm a sucker for cross peen hammers. I mean, I, there's no almost no human way to wear out a cross peen hammer in your lifetime, other mm -hmm. than maybe snapping the handle. But you tend to buy more than one because they're so beautiful. You know, the, the, just the shape and the form. Yeah, they're pretty for sure. Um, mm. and this one's, this one's solid steel, right? I mean, mm -hmm. except, except for the handle, obviously. Um, and you're not going to ever take a heavy blow with it. It's a four and a half ounce hammer. So, you know, you're tapping with this thing, yeah. you know? And so if it's plane adjusting, if it's hanging a picture frame, if it's, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, you're, you're not going to abuse it, hopefully, unless it goes into a hand of an un, unwielding child or someone. Mm. Um, I, I think I might've abused a cross bean hammer in my, yeah, in my childhood <laughs> it's possible um but yeah i mean it'll be interesting when the price comes out because i mean they can be somewhat cross but you know cost prohibitive maybe um but knowing their stuff it's it's well made i mean there's no doubt about yeah. it Hick hickory is going to be a substantial handle it's not going to split all that quickly um and uh yeah get your hands on a good a good quality cross bean yeah i mean so the prices are really reflective of the work that it takes to shape these things. Absolutely. For, for something that small, it takes a lot of work to get into that shape. Hey, you think yeah. of the billet that the whole head was when they mill mm -hmm. it down. If you look at it and you go, oh my God, they removed probably a third to a half of the material just mm -hmm. to fit that. If it was a cylinder before, this is a lot taken away to make it happen. And and it you know, it's a testament to the machining for sure. Yep. Exactly. So, Andrew, do does the Japanese hammers do they have something similar to a cross peen? Yeah, they they, they do. I I have uh, Japanese hammers with two sides. Um, mm -hmm. One side's rounded, um, like a peen, and then the other side's flat, which I do you know striking chisels with and and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, okay. And they're 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 all laminated, just like the tools. You know, just like the, the oh. blades. Hard hard steel on the uh, you know on the end, and then a soft softer steel to dampen. Yeah, I mean the the idea with that on a cross peen, you know, the 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 head of the hammer is is the hidden side, and the peen the cross peen is the delicate side, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's your you're starting a, a a finish nail, you know, or I wouldn't start a framing nail with that. I mean, hit, hit yeah. it with the damn hammer, but <laughs> but but if you're pinching a small nail, a four penny, six penny nail in your hand, and you're trying to tack 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 it down, that little cross peen is going to split your fingertips, you know, and work perfectly. That's um that's the appeal to these things. That's why they were around a century ago. But uh, uh still, I mean, a, a, a great a great offering 
from the uh, the Lost Ark crew for sure. Yep. Yeah, and I think he mentions about adjusting um, plane irons with it. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have a I have a El Cheapo Stanley that I use for that purpose. So yep, yep. It looks to be about the same size as this. So yep. So. I you know what? I gotta go check. I don't know if I have got a, <laughs> a cross beam. I've got a couple of funky hammers, but some old old school with a way aggressive claw. You know that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't. Uh, nope. 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 That's the, I probably have a four ounce hammer, but it's it's that exact thing with an over aggressive claw. <laughs> you know, but it, it it does about the same. It's this little guy. Not that anybody can see this. Yeah. Hey, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's Isn't cute. That is you know, cute. Something yeah. left in my house. My house was built 60, 70 years ago, you know. My wife's great grandparents, you know. But uh yeah, that would do the yeah. job. But no no cross beans in the family for sure. Maybe I'll have to get one of these. There you go. There you go. You, you need a peeny weenie. That's what they're going to call it. There it is. I, I would. <laughs> I would be all too happy to tell my wife that I would getting a peeny weenie <laughs> for sure. Okay, I could say something, but I'm just going to let that pass. <laughs> the jokes just write themselves, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, moving right along, um, woodpeckers, believe it or not, has a new tool. Um, no way. Yes, it is called the corner lock. And it's a, it's basically, it looks like, uh, it's a corner lock clamp. They're calling it a clamp. I don't think it's really a clamp. I think it's more of something just to hold pieces in place at 90 degrees to each other, but it's uh, spring loaded. I've seen a number of these and I actually mm -hmm. have some sets and I've tried to use before and I find them a little bit more, uh, clunky, clunky, I guess, fidgety to actually use. But uh, with the spring portion of this, maybe it makes it a little bit easier. I'd be interested. To, it all depends to on how that. tight, how yeah. like a strong, I won't say tight, how strong that, yeah. spring, that spring is. Will it hold the two pieces in 90 degrees? Yeah. Well, they come. it comes with two two weights of springs, you know, one for a little yeah. more meaty. Oh. Um, but, I mm -hmm. mean, this is basically meant for people who are doing butt joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's a butt joint thing. So, oh, you need to put this together, but, you know, you want to hold it tight while you're putting your screws in. Mm -hmm. um i don't know that craig kind of screwing would would necessarily be easy with this you'd kind of have to lay things differently to get inside or whatever but i, I think um, it, i think it would shift too much with the craig yeah thing. yeah that's the yeah. thing is it tight enough to hold that kind of force or if you're like oh do this and then pre-drill and sink a screw through that you know or a dowel i guess you know you could be doweling with this kind of thing too during the, the drilling process is enough maybe in a perpendicular mm. fashion would be enough to hold it um, yeah, I don't know a lot of, you know, butt joint construction that's just glued together and let it sit. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> have you been to a flea market? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well have maybe you bought you furniture lately? Put uh, some chalk paint on it and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> sell it yeah. like it is. Well, yeah, um, you could glue it together and let it sit and then uh, finish and that then off with some dowels yeah. or screws or whatnot. Lines I guess. or yeah. whatever. I yeah. guess you could. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I mean, it, it would... It would also work with miters, you know, right? I mean, if it's holding the two sides and you're just, I mean, you might have to fiddle with it a lot. Yeah. But it would, it's holding two sides, not the edges. And if you had a true mm -hmm. 45 degree miter touching each other, you know, that, that would create a perfect 90. This thing would technically work, maybe. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's how much force those springs are doing to hold it there yeah. while you're manipulating it if you need to. They, the, they call it the corner lock. So they're putting a whole lot of gusto on that name. Yeah. And I, and 
I want to say they've had something similar like this without the spring. So maybe the spring just changes everything. But, you know, I even have one of those Bessie corner clamp things. Mm, where you and, like literally screw it down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Even, and that saved my butt a couple of times. But those are even really fiddly to use. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really got to concentrate and check everything like three or four times once you got it clamped in. So that's the yeah. only thing. But. You know, hey, I'd like to I'd like to play around with one, see how it works. They, they, yeah, you know, they do, yeah. they do show a use case here where they're using it mid panel to hold a, mm -hmm. a shelf, and I could see that for sure. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. traditionally, you know, put a quick clamp underneath where the shelf would be, and just the shelf just sits there. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you're hey. a klutzy like me, and things fall out and ding your yeah. perfectly planed wood, you know, just I could. See, eh, I mean, it's got yeah. a place. It's got a yeah. place. Yeah, it's again like in that in that situation where you're holding it between two side panels and you're like that shelf is floating effectively and these things are holding it. Could you bump it and move it up? Yeah, I'm sure you could. You know, there's this this isn't glued down. It it's not sticking to it yeah. with any mechanical fasteners. Hey, there's take, actually take your peeny weenie. Yeah, just there you go. a little bit. <laughs> yep, and you're good to go. And you just kiss it right on that mark that you want to hit and That's screw right. it in, and you're good. You're good. There there is a use case, and honestly, um. I don't know that everybody needs a four pack, maybe, for, but for a hundred bucks, a four pack's not terrible. For one thirty-five, okay, get a four pack, save yourself a few bucks um, for the four of them. Um, if if it's something that fits you, this this is an an interesting one, you know, that they offer. Sometimes it's very niche. This is mm. kind of niche, kind of everybody could find a use for it. But like I've got Bessie like cabinet clamps, you know, the kind that like. You, when you're installing cabinetry and they, they will squeeze the panels together and square the faces so that yeah. you can pile it through from, them. Yeah, face frame clamps. Yeah. Face frame mm -hmm. clamp. Thank you. Yeah. I've got those. I've I've had them for close to 20 years. I've used them all of three times. Sure. I'm glad I have them. You know, that kind of yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't even remember what I paid for them. Mm -hmm. But but this is kind of fitting that mold to me in, in my eye. It's like Yeah, eh. I think it's one of those things. If you're interested in picking one of these up, you gotta say, hey, have you ever been doing something that you went i need something like this then hey you know what i'm looking at that and going yeah i've done other stuff to make this happen would this have helped maybe mm -hmm. that's that's the use case <laughs> like eh, maybe <laughs> i wonder if it hold everything secure enough to uh, mark out like dovetails and stuff like that and does it allow enough like access to mark the dovetail yeah that's I mean, true talking that's about true. that it kind of hides the joint in a way yeah on the back side it does and oh, something yeah. tells me that I couldn't like sit on that shelf after I mm -hmm. place it in there to and have it hold me. It's not yeah. there's there there's something I, again not knowing the spring tension and how much that's giving grip. You know, mm -hmm. if those red because it's woodpeckers posts um, were knurled or something to gain traction, that might do something more. Also, it would mar the material. I get it. You know, there's yeah. there's there's differences there, but um, even if they if they had a flat spot on them, you know, it almost like, oh, that's going to not roll on me, you know. Mm -hmm. Very know, interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. I think if they had a flat spot, you'd have to constantly be changing the angle to make sure it corresponds. So I can see one that went with totally round. But oh, anyway. look at the, they sell different pin sizes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can get quarter inch to three quarter mm -hmm. inch pins. Yeah. And that must adjust the tension with the same spring. The thicker material would yeah, compress yeah, would. more, a thinner material would be lighter. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. So if you're in the market, <clears throat> check out Woodpecker's new corner lock corner clamps. Yep. And uh, as always, we will have links to all the things that we're discussing in the um, little 
description in the uh, podcast download. So check those out. So mm-hmm. let's move on to our Patreon shout out. So who do we have to think this week? Yeah, you know, we always like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters. Today, we're giving that particular shout out to Valentin Herbach from the EU. I'm only assuming that's how you say that name. Yes, yes. That, that Now, we mentioned him on our last episode, but we didn't know his actual, well, we kind of knew his actual name, but he didn't log in with that name. So he did change it in Patreon. So <laughs> let's, let's, I figured, let's give him a proper shout out with his actual name. So there okay. you go. If, yeah. I, if I'm saying that properly, Valentin Herbach, thank you, sir, yes. for your support. And if you, dear listener, would like to support the MWA, you can go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast and support us there. Fantastic. Thanks a bunch. So let's move on to what's in the shop. So, Brian, what are you working on? Uh, phase one of the garden is just about complete. The last bed is in. It's filled. Everything's leveled. Uh, yesterday, my wife and I uh, put in some of the initial arches, and uh, I got to use a I can see it back there for this is not a video podcast, but I bought one of those like manual post drivers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. To, to oh yeah. The, yeah. To knock these two inch wide uh, beams into the, into the ground. I have really, really rocky soil here in Pennsylvania. And uh, that thing just smacked that right in there. That was some of the best money I ever spent. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you ever, when I you, was, when I was installing our, our well, we have a point well in our, in our backyard, something similar to those post drivers, mm-hmm. except the guy who helped us out, he had a solid piece of steel above it to add about 15 pounds to it. Oh yeah. Because we're driving, we're driving like an inch and a half pipe, like 20 feet below soil, you know, oh, wow. yeah. and do yours. You want every bit of assist to go boom, you yep. know, and bang that down. But those, those things are awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, got the irrigation fixed. Uh, I, you know, less, we didn't really use the garden too much last year. Uh, Cause I snapped the head off the water system at the garden point, <laughs> fix that. But all new, got some nice Lee Valley uh, brass shutoffs. So if you're ever needing either single or double brass shutoffs, Lee Valley has some excellent, solid, you know, uh, you know, 90 degree handle ones. Uh, so I put those in, turn everything on at the house. I can hear water running, but I have no no water in the garden. I'm like, where is it going? So, and I, I know where the pipe is underground, and I'm, I'm and where it comes out, and I'm grabbing, it, and it's it's very light. So I'm backtracking towards the house, and I finally found it. One one of the elbows totally blew out. And the water was just going underground, and so I fixed that. But uh, yeah, I, I have to go away next week for a few days. But when I get back, we're actually going to fill out the the floor covering. I'm going to bring in a bunch of dirt, smooth everything out, put some grass seed down, and then once that's all ready to go, uh, we're going to start. I'm going to build a uh, like a lean-to for the tractor. So I have a mm-hmm. two series two series John Deere, and then a regular uh, small John Deere tractor that I can no longer put in the garage. So those things are going to be living down there. I want to try and keep them covered. Um, and you just keep the compost bin and that kind of stuff down there. Yep. So that's that's the garden world. Um, pretty big progress in the last week and a half down there. Uh, I was cutting down some. Uh, we planted two trees recently. I wanted. We have a lot of deer in the area here, so I wanted to put some stakes in to, to chicken wire around to so that to keep the deer off the fresh foliage. So I was taking some of the wood that I had from the attempted field hockey goal. I was ripping it down, and uh, I'm using two by fours that I bought at Home Depot. And all of a sudden, the saw stop trips scares the bejeebas out of me i'm like what in the world you know look at there's a hunk of metal in that two by four i'm like you gotta be kidding me it wasn't one of the staples at the ends of them no nope nope no Hmm. no it was it was like a bb size maybe it would have maybe it was a bb inside two by four oh my gosh uh and i'm like god dang it so (laughs) um so then you know of course you got to do something with it right so traditionally this is the third time i've tripped my break 
I hit the miter. I hit. I'm an idiot. I'll admit it. No, no, so, no. It's okay. <laughs> so right. it's never touched me. I've hit the miter miter gauge. I think we've all done that probably. Uh, I hit this metal and this wood, and I, I think the third one was from uh, wet wood. That's the only thing I could think yeah. of, mm. and that tripped it. So, but I've always like hung them on the wall, and I, I hang them where I can see them when I'm pulling the on switch for the, the saw stop, just to remind myself. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm like Brian. You used to work in the operating room. You fixed how many table saw injuries? <laughs> and, all, and all of these guys were these guys who were in the in the industry for 30 plus years and they said i've never had a problem until i got distracted for half a second and i lost half my finger so right i've always you know i always keep those things across from me and then i i knew this was a possibility but i've never pulled the breakout and then sent the blades to be you know checked mm-hmm. but i always always use forest blades and like larry grobner and, and a few of the other people that i, I follow a lot They've convinced me to take these three blades off my wall and rip the brakes out of them, send them to Forest, and see what they can do with them. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I just mentally, I don't like things spinning at three thousand RPMs with yeah. the chance that it's going to come off and hit me in the head. So, yeah. I mean, you assume that they're going to do the right thing to make it right for you. You know, mm-hmm. if you send it back to the manufacturer, but yeah, I mean, you are legitimately if you if you cost the woodworker two and the brake, mm-hmm. there's a two hundred dollar every time, and mm-hmm. you've got three of them. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's time to to see what, if I can even recover one of them. You know. I'm, yeah. 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 Well, I remember when I threw my brake. Um, I only did. A, I've only done it once, but it was in a. We were having a thunderstorm, and I should know. I mean, you just look at our transformers around here sideways, and they pop. Oh. But anyway, I was. I turned the saw on, and apparently we must have had just some sort of surge or something like that. But the saw wasn't up to full speed, but uh, it did trigger the brake, and the brake went into it. And uh, not even so, cutting anything. Not even cutting anything. Just oh, when I was oh. powering up. That's terrible yeah. timing. Uh, so anyway, so I, I like you know, like I said, it, it the saw blade had got up to full speed. I mean, it was like almost instantly as soon as I turned the turned the saw on that this happened. So I took the blade out of the brake, you know, took some effort and sent it off. It's a, one of the. Uh, Freud blades and I sent it off to their, their folks and uh, they looked at it and um, they just resharpened it and said, everything looks fine. So okay. I've been using it ever since. Yeah. I mean, that being said, those yeah. brakes are aluminum, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're, yeah. they're hopefully shouldn't be too, doing too, da- too much damage to a carbide blade, like a, like a Freud, like a, like a, like a woodworker, forest, you know, yeah. forest. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would hope, I mean, I get, I get the fear. You don't want a piece of carbide flying off, but the manufacturer should certify that to some degree to say, yeah, it's, it's yeah. good. The welds are holding and we'll just touch it up and move along. Yeah. I hope. Now, now the I'm nice not- thing is since this happened, you know, with, you know, electrical surge or whatever it was, um, I did call saw stop and they were very interested in one. And I sent the cartridge back to them and they sent me a new one. So, Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it took a couple of weeks. I still had to go buy one. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I got but a you, spare but, now. But, but you had the spare, and you know, in yeah. in Brian's case, they may not be yeah. so welcome to like you put a piece of wood that you bought at a box store. Yeah, exactly. With but, I mean, there's no there's no guess on what happened, right? I mean, a piece yeah. of metal was in this wood that you didn't know when you bought it. Mm, sucks. But sauce up knows probably what that happened. You know, yeah. in your case, Kyle, you were had like a electrical situation yeah. that yeah. that may may have caused it yeah that wasn't your fault yeah. yeah yeah no i am so, and it wasn't your fault either brian i mean really i mean yeah i mean i i i know not to buy 
Home Depot two by fours. <laughs> I mean, even the ones that I do have here that were dead straight when I bought them, they've got cups and bows. Mm. And where else are you going to buy two by fours? I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> you want to cut out cut on a tree and mill your own? Hey. I mean, have at it. But uh, no, not the general public. I mean, that's not going to happen. Yeah, all my, so, almost all my shop furniture is made out of two by fours, two by sixes, two by tens. You yeah. Know? And I'm looking yeah, at I'm, a whole series of them and no, I've not cut through them, but I've, yeah. I've, no, I've, I've cut I them have, all the time. You know, I've cut them. I've not cut them with a saw stop. I've cut them yeah. with a miter saw that didn't care. I mean, whatever, but like, you know, yeah, I've got them all over the place. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it, it shouldn't be a thing, but maybe it's to the point with, if you have a saw stop, if you have this electronic metal sensing safety, you know, technology, get yourself a meter that can yeah, sense yeah. it and just for safety's sake for your mm-hmm. for your bank account the hundred bucks to get a new break you know scan it before you cut it and maybe or you know take one to the store and don't buy the one with metal in it i don't know like it <laughs> it, it it sounds ridiculous but it 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 might be the way to go because yeah, in my area, it's not because we have a lot of rural spots where there's hunting and, and you know it's not uncommon to find buckshot Sure. Or, or like a 22 long round mm. in, in, in a tree. So I mean, that, yeah. that's assuming that Home Depot, Lowe's or whatever is sourcing local lumber. You don't know really where that two by four came from. Canada, probably, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. somewhere, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I live in a city that, that is nicknamed the city of trees. I mean, we've got a bunch of old growth, maple, oak and otherwise. I, do I know if I buy oak at, at Lowe's, if it's coming from here? I kind of doubt it, yeah. you know? But it's something that, I mean, it, it, it's a legitimate thing. I mean, they make those things. They make, you know, I see I see people that do reclaimed work. The people that work with pallet wood, like Paul Jackman and, and those that they're constantly scanning their stuff before they put them in tools. Not even saw stop, but just like, I don't want to nick my planer blade. I don't want to do all those other things if there's metal in there. You know, not a bad idea to get a little yeah. magnetic sensor. Just That's to where I would have discovered it because I do, I do, you know, when I'm building shop furniture, even with two by fours and stuff, I do plane and join them and, you know, make, make them into nice square lumber. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Take off all the curves, you know. Make- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> That's funny. Sean, how about you? What are you working on? So uh, funny you talked about the garden renovation because that was something that we were just recently doing. You know, my wife got a new raised planter box, so I was doing a little work with that. And we're looking at irrigation, so that's something that's upcoming for me. Um, but um, specifically, uh, we've uh, years ago. I honestly cannot remember how many years ago I installed. I've got two outside water connections in my house, so we're going to talk about plumbing a little bit. Um, and they. They're the, they're the frost type, you know, I'm in this, I'm in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. So, sure. you know, I, I get, I get, they're called frost cocks, I think is the name. My wife giggles every time I say that, but I think it's the name. Um, it goes with your peeny weeny hammer. Hey, take your peeny weeny hammer. hammer. Yep. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> but both my front and back are leaking like right out of the handle. I've replaced the handle. I replaced the gasket at the handle and it's still leaking. And I'm like, son of a buck, you know, like this sucks. So I went to the, actually today because um roll back a little bit last fall or late summer or fall i totally renovated my front lawn and so i had sprinklers going i had my you know and it's all on one faucet connection i don't have in-ground sprinklers i've got like sprinklers on spikes all over the place and i was going in there and turning them on off and on off and on off and on just trying to get the different zones because you can't run one i'm on a well you can't run multiples at a time all, all sorts of complications um but 
this spring, you know, trying, I overseeded a little bit and I was trying to sprinkle them. And my wife was like, Hey, this thing's dripping like crazy. And so she actually put a cat litter box underneath it. And overnight, a full 40 pound cat litter container filled the, the plastic container, not the cardboard filled with water. Wow. And then I found out today that she dumped it twice because it filled up again. I'm dumping like 10 to 12 gallons of water and just dripping out of this thing mm. in, in a day. Like that's awful. So I went to replace it. Well, uh, here, uh, homeowner, if you're listening, if you, like me, have an exposed basement and you're installing new, new outside water connections and you're installing some PEX with them, yeah, it's really convenient when you have the PEX conversion that you install the hose to the PEX or install the, install the, the 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 bibcock to the to the pex and then install that on the house and then make the final pex connection to copper which is what i did um that doesn't really help when you build a partial wall to separate your shop that that goes directly over that unthreading that thing to replace it because the damn thing's dripping constantly mm-hmm. causes me my house to have not water for about three hours while i'm fucking and fighting with two different wrenches in a very enclosed space to <laughs> And then finally, thankfully, my son, who has moved home from college, was out on the outside while I was inside to finally tighten the thing down so it was properly oriented outside while I was inside. Royal pain in the ass. I don't suggest it, but successfully, I do have a non-dripping faucet in my front yard. Not my backyard yet. I'll get to that. <laughs> but my <laughs> front yard uh, as of this afternoon, evening. Uh, so that's that's going well. No fun. But uh and now my, my wife, who just installed this new planter box, and we've got different between dahlias and, and garden vegetables, I mentioned, oh, you know, I, oh, I also got a, this is so, I'm, I'm so behind the times, and I didn't put in a true irrigation system, but I bought a, uh, a um, Bluetooth-connected automated timer for hose connections. You know, so I've got four different hose connections that can serve my little my, my sprinklers and I can tell them when to go and put them on a schedule. And that's great. She's like, Oh, if we could do that for the garden. I'm like, of course there's a way to do that for the garden. So now I've got to look into that and try to to irrigate different gardens on different sides of the house. I already mm-hmm. relegated. I, I said, I, I, I will, I'll probably supply because of course our two gardens are on either side of our house and the two hose connections are on the front and back of the house. So if you think of a rectangle, they're the farthest distance away from the water at any given moment. <laughs> and so for years, uh, the one garden that's on the far end of the garage, my wife is taking a 150-foot hose and stretching it out to the street and then bending it around the cars to get to that, you know, because <laughs> it's that far away. I say, you know what? I'll probably do the thing like I did in the front yard with the automatic timer and all that other stuff. and I'll, I'll put a hose connection like on that side of the house. So you can like water that if we don't automate it with some other drip or otherwise sprinkling. Yeah. So yeah, just a, a whole whole series of options in the project. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure Lee Valley has something that'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, I use, I not, use a, a five ahead. zone. Uh, I have a like everybody laughs at me because my garden actually emails me. Like <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it's got a five zone uh, irrigation manifold in it that's controlled by a Ratio controller. And mm-hmm. that's on, and that's on, that's web connected. So it knows the weather. And if it's going to, if it's going to rain, it's emails me and says, I'm not going to water today. There you go. And that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, but those you can all control with your phone. You can yeah. control them. Even if you're away from the house, 
uh, you know, it's, those are nice. Uh, I got nice. it. What, what I have in the front for the sprinklers is a beehive, which is essentially a, it's an orbit company, <laughs> yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's Bluetooth. I can do a thing for a couple more bucks to get it, it available when I'm not at home. Um, but it, it allows me to schedule different zones for different times and does the same thing, weather related and otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, there's obviously, thank, thanks to modern times and current technology, there's a lot of options out there to yeah. do that kind of stuff. So, oh, oh, I will give you a pro tip. Oh, never, never do plumbing repairs on the weekend because Home Depot or Lowe's may not have the exact connection you need. <laughs> <laughs> I do have, I have Lowe's. Several years Depot ago, we went through a whole weekend without any water. Yes. Oh, <laughs> no. And that was, that was today. Like I literally, I went, I went to Menards because we have yeah. Lowe's, Home Depot and Menards, yeah, yeah. Menards in our area. I went to Menards and got the, the new, uh, the new spout connection, right? Yeah. I mean, I was like, I, I hope I got the right size. There's 10, there's 12, there's 15, there's 18. I hope I got the right size. Okay, great. I did. That was great. Um, so I came home and I immediately turned off the water and drained the water out of the house. I'm like, okay, nobody flushed the toilet. I'm done. Like we're not until I'm done with this. We're not, we're not doing it. And I, I didn't have to cuss thankfully because I got the right stuff, but it was a good <laughs> hour of work that no one could do anything. Yeah. You know, and thankfully I had the right stuff, but yes, I, I, I feel that. I mean, yeah. definitely um, make sure you got the right sizes, lengths, thread mm -hmm. types, all those things, you know, yeah. before you start the kind of project. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, I was doing something else and, um, and I had the parts for that. No problem. But when I was uh, taking this fitting off, all of a sudden the PVC that was downstream from it broke mm -hmm. and it was at one inch. And yeah, yeah. Lowe's does not sell any fittings for our Home Depot either for one inch. Only the plumbing supply place and uh, our local. And they're not open on the weekend. They're not open on the weekend. Of course, they do not. open on Monday at five thirty a.m. And that's how I know because I was there at five thirty a.m. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Stinky and you know all kinds of stuff. Yes. <laughs> so shower so, for two. Yeah, this happened on Friday evening, of course. So we went. Of course a, it did. Yeah, of course, of course it did. Of course. So anyway. So Kyle, hope you're not dealing with plumbing. How are you? No, doing? no, no. <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm just working on fulfilling orders. So uh, that's been going well. I have all the orders fulfilled. Um, I've also been working on this lathe tapering jig, kind of redoing that. I think I've talked about that before. It just keeps getting postponed and postponed and postponed. But uh, hopefully by this weekend, I will have it completed. Um, so I'll have a have a new, more professional one, and I'll post on that. Um, so you know, that's about it. I've been I've been working on. Um, the uh, the lathe tapering jig, the new one should be should be pretty sweet. I, like I said, I will post about it as soon as I got it all finished. If you know, if you don't see a post on that in a couple of weeks, then it did not go well. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't been doing much gardening uh, so far. My plumbing here has been pretty good, so can't complain. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> Exactly. So, Andrew, what are you working yeah. on in your shop? I've been woodworking in my shop. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you're right. lucky. Yeah. Call me yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, is this a woodworking podcast? I think yeah. so. What <laughs> is, it, is that appropriate to talk about? Mm. Absolutely. Um, Please. Do. All right. All right. Um, I have commissions I'm working on. Too many. Uh, honestly, my shop right now is not. There's too many things going on all at once. Um, a day bed commission with sort of a Chinese style. Um, Full size. It's a twin bed, but it's mm -hmm. you know it's a sort of couch bed. Um, Chinese on the bottom, Windsor-ish on top. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that's that that's a huge project I've been 
working on that way too long. <laughs> um, but today I'm actually working on um, a Shoji screen. Uh, or, oh, or nice. Um, yeah. Establish it. I'm just starting this commission um, and sort of setting the hook. I'm not not actually working on it yet, but getting the design. And mm -hmm. uh, I was actually working on the tracks today, but I shouldn't be working on that. I should be working on the daybed. <laughs> um, but I just just need to get it started enough to uh, you know to to get them to wait a little longer. Um, yeah, and uh, getting ready for a class I'm teaching in uh, in Connecticut, um, uh, Connecticut Valley School of Woodworking. I'm doing oh, okay. I'm I'm yeah. doing a blanket chest there, so uh, getting getting that all figured out, getting parts ready. Um, yeah. Well, well, tell us a little bit about your commission work. Is that uh, is that pretty steady? Is that what you primarily do besides teaching? Yeah, for for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, mm -hmm. As of as of the last five years, I've actually been too <laughs> doing too much of house um, working on my own house. Um, but generally, it's it's commission work is is what I'm doing. Um, yep. And and it, it it's furniture for for the most part. I'll I'll do some larger, you know. Some larger buildings, you know, like or a smaller building, but larger, larger scale mm -hmm. than, than furniture. Um, now, yeah. now, now, are you working primarily doing this commission work all hand tool? No, I I use a lot of hand tools uh, yeah. for sure, but but I have power tools, and honestly, mm. that's my first choice. Is if I can put a power tool on it, I will. And and power tools do most of my rough work, mm -hmm. um, but all all of my finish comes from hand tools, and you know, joinery is mostly hand tools, sort of or a mix. Um, but it's basically rough work for the uh, power tools and finish um, fine work for the for the hand tools. Right, so it, right. So, so it ends up being a lot of hand tools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of us work is, you know, yeah, get the power tools to get everything to size and then, mm -hmm. you know, finesse it and do all the finished stuff by hand. And, yeah, and, uh, and I'll even do the joinery with a power tool. Just I don't get close to the line. I, I don't, my power tools aren't great. I don't trust them. Yep. Uh, and I don't want to go over the line. That's pretty important. <laughs> yes. <to me>. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I get up as close as I can with the power tool and then finish it off. You know, hand plane is, is my preference. Cause then it creeps up at a shaving increment. You know, yep. it's really hard to go over the line <laughs> a shaving mm -hmm. at a time. Uh, so I, right. that's, that's sort of my preference. Yeah. I, I think that's one of those things in woodworking. That's just not, for somehow not discussed as much is about the lines, especially yeah. when people start out with pencils, you know, before they move on to marking knives and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, you got to know when you leave the line, when you take the line uh -huh. and I'm, you know, all of all that of, kind of stuff. I'm all about the line. That's, yeah. that, that's oh, what yeah. I, in, in my classes, it's, it's, it's all about the layout. Uh, mm -hmm. All of my focus is in the layout. The lines are perfect, exactly where they need. Um, 0.5 mil. They're all the same thickness. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, and then I can split them or leave them, like you said, or uh, mm -hmm. um, generally don't take them. Uh, and, uh, and I'll be yeah. at, I mean, I used to work in rough construction, but, you know, when you'd say like 916th light, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you, you was that the line? Was that inside the line? Was that above the 5.8? Yeah. Was that below? I, I I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's nuanced. So yeah, when you're talking about like tight, tight joinery, you got to be perceived. You yeah. have to. In the in the layout, you know, it's uh, you can't turn it on at the end and expect tight joinery. You know, no, you, you really need to. Step one and two are the most important steps mm -hmm. for step ten to be tight. You know, mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, I heard you heard you say uh, so. All your stuff is mechanical pencil. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's so, your favorite so, mechanical pencil out there? I don't know the one on my bench. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. Um, 
and, and <laughs> 0. 0.5 is usually what I what's most important to me is that the, the line is always the same thickness right uh, honestly a thicker line is not that big a deal I'm splitting it in half yeah. um, so I, actually for students I, I have pencils point uh, nine uh, and it gives them a little more room to split that line <laughs> yes uh, where, whereas I use a point five and that's that works too but yeah I, I do the same thing I, I use a, this Pentel one that seems to be everyone uses yeah. and i kind of like that one because you can click it and it and when you click it up it takes the entire lead including the little metal thing that gets bent up into the pen so you can oh right yeah so you can put it in your yeah preserve pocket it. and stuff like that you don't have to worry about yeah. it breaking and bending and all that kind of stuff but anyway yeah that's yeah. That's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about, so besides the commission work, I guess yeah. you do teach a lot of classes. Um, I do. And that's yeah. a lot lately. <laughs> a lot lately. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm at the moment I'm, I'm feeling a little, I, I've been away um, teaching. So I, I yeah. I'm a homebody. So it's, <laughs> it's hard for me to get out, but once I'm out, I, I really love teaching and, and uh, yeah. yeah. Do you primarily teach outside your, uh, your studio? Or do I you do. do I, there's sort of a long-term goal to be able to teach in my studio again mm -hmm. so i don't have to leave but um <laughs> but yeah and, and i've and actually been doing some zoom um over the pandemic i got doing that with because eric i'll tell you about that but uh um now i'm sort of set up for that and i can teach and not leave my shop <laughs> so um but for the most part i've been i've been traveling and teaching oh that's yeah. that's cool yeah. so so what uh so what did you said upcoming you're going to be at uh bob van dyke's connect yeah at, at bob's yeah yeah and that's a that's a week long or maybe six day uh, blanket chest, a, a sort of a country pine chest. Okay. Um, now, is, are, is this uh, have the Japanese tool focus? Yes, but no. It's uh, it's sort of how I build focus, okay. which is very influenced by uh, Japan. Mm -hmm. But but it's not strict, um, and and it will it'll it's more Japanese woodworking according to Andrew. <laughs> um, <laughs> But certainly, you know, I'll bring Ryoba saws uh, for people, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll have planes for people to use. But you know, Bob has mostly Western tools uh, that if students need, they'll be using those. Yeah. Um, but sort of, it's just sort of the techniques that layout is so important. Uh, we'll do a hand plane finish with with Japanese planes. Mm -hmm. um, but but again, I, my aesthetic isn't necessarily uh, you know what I build in isn't necessarily Japanese. My my tools are Japanese. I certainly like Japanese aesthetic. Uh, architectural mm -hmm. and and furniture um but my house is full of american country you know pine nailed together pine <laughs> mm -hmm. so that's yeah. that's uh that's what i'm yeah. teaching and and it's a it's a great way to learn i think i think we we start out with two difficult projects <laughs> when when we're <laughs> beginners like a high high boy or something yeah um <laughs> simple pine you know um furniture uh, i think is a great great teaching you know um, yeah aesthetic Oh, that's great. Well, um, yeah, uh, Wilbur Pan has me uh, has nice. uh, me uh, converted over to at least Japanese saws. He hadn't right. quite got me to the plane. <laughs> yeah, Wilbur's a good. I'll, friend work, of I'll work on you. Uh, yeah. On the plane. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wilbur's a good friend of the show. He's been. Wilbur's awesome. He's yeah, he's been on. Yeah. I don't know. He he's. I think he's our our. Um, I think him and Brian Brazil have the most appearances as being guests. I, I think they're so. somewhere around five or seven, somewhere <laughs> nice. around that there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, but Wilbur's a good friend. But yeah, he has got me converted over to the uh, to the saw. It's just not good. the planes. And yeah. you know. he's he's teaching a class this weekend with Kazerka. Yes, um, yes, a, he is. A Zoom yeah. class on on saws. He's our I don't know. He's who I always think of when when we need someone to teach a saw class. 
Yeah. For good reason. I mean, he's he's a great teacher, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's relatable. I mean, it's it's Mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard to learn to use a Japanese saw from a master Japanese carpenter. You know, it's they they Mm -hmm. can't relate as 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 well uh, as as Wilbur can. Yeah. uh, To to other you know amateur and people you know just Mm -hmm. learn how to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He walked me through the entire process. Put both hands on the saw. Do not do this one hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use use the handle to, to your advantage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So so that's great. So um, now you have the classes, but you're also going to be participating in the upcoming Texas Woodworking Festival. Yeah. So tell us about what you're going to be doing there. I'll be talking about Japanese planes, my my right. favorite of all favorite things. Yeah. Oh, this is this is where you converse uh, me. This, this yes. is your chance. This is your Kyle, chance. Kyle will be there. Lay hands on Kyle and get him to believe. I will. Kyle, I will have Kyle, planes Kyle's going to pull up the hand works with two Japanese planes. <laughs> exactly. won't, won't let him go. Um, yeah. So so that's uh, that's in the main hall. I'll be I'll be doing a presentation on that, and then in a smaller sort of more intimate um, um, slideshow. I'll be doing talking about Chinese furniture, classical Chinese furniture. Mm. My other, my other all-time favorite thing. I, I have a lot of favorite things. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all right. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had Wilbur on not too long ago talking about uh, Chinese furniture and stuff like that, and uh, he he uh, he did a real nice job of giving us some of the uh, the background to that. But it was yeah, it's kind of like one of those things. Uh, Japanese have some great tools. They just don't have a lot of furniture. They have exactly. some great buildings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So as a furniture maker, I'm I'm not as drawn uh, to their furniture. Yeah. Whereas China, um, old old China, like uh, Ming, you know, 15, yeah. 1600 sort of was their heyday. Um, that furniture is just incredible. I, I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that, and I'm I'm actually that's my I'm hot on Chinese furniture right now. Those two commissions are uh, certainly have their Chinese uh, influence. Mm-hmm. Japanese as well. Um, yeah, I thought I read somewhere. It had to have been a few years ago, but they China actually has a museum dedicated to that chair, the famous Ming mm-hmm. chair. And uh, I think they have a museum that's totally dedicated to that chair and kind of the evolution about that and stuff like that. So it's just I, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty and, cool. And, Especially, it's, and it's it's so unknown. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. That's why I feel compelled to talk about it <laughs> yeah. because uh, no one else is. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I that, I feel that way about Japanese planes too. They uh, just they're both very special things that in my mind I can't believe we're not all talking about all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so so I try to talk about it as much as I can. Well, well, that is that is fantastic. So how did you get into Japanese tools? Um, well, I started woodworking in college um, mm-hmm. because I needed a bookshelf. <laughs> so I built it, <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, no woodworking before that. No woodworking before college to tell me yep. that uh, I loved woodworking. Um, I, I got a degree in biology, which I'm not. I'm happy about it. It really taught me how to think and how to uh, study and how to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, I'm self-taught woodworking. So, so that that skill was important. Um, and right out of you know, so the senior year, I built that bookshelf and just almost didn't finish school. <laughs> um, got into a cabinet shop and and got uh, you know learning the trades basically. Um, had my own shop at home and was learning from books uh, and was had Western hand tools. Uh, had a Stanley Seven and uh, some blue marples. Had a Japanese saw. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know it. Didn't know anything. Didn't know it yet. You know, yeah. it was just the saw they gave me at the, at the hardware store. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I found Toshio Date's book, um, mm. 
uh, what is it called? Uh, Japanese tools, tradition, spirit and use, something like that. And that, it just resonated me. Just, just the pictures, um, the beauty of the tools, and then reading his story about their apprenticeships. And I was, that, that was it. <laughs> um, I was pretty much hooked on, on that. Uh, and that, that was, that was like 2000, 99, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and I went to a Kazerikai event. So uh, I'll talk about Kazerikai. It's, it's a uh, organization that I'm now part of on the mm -hmm. board of, but uh, just discovered in 2000. And it's, uh, well, it was formed in Japan to promote traditional Japanese woodworking uh, in, in Japan. Um, and so we have a sister organization, uh, Kazerikai USA, uh, which that was the event I went to in California. And so there were Japanese carpenters there and there are other people who know how to use the tools and that, that just, that said it, <laughs> um, you know, the Toshio Dates was the hook, but uh, a Kazerikai yeah. event set that hook. And I've been basically sold my Western tools and buying Japanese tools. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Have you ever traveled over to Japan? I finally did. Okay. Um, basically no. <laughs> and all my learning, no, uh, other than I live there in my head uh, at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, two years ago, or I don't know, three years ago, some <laughs> sometime yeah. in the uh, in that range, um, I went for two weeks on a guided tour, uh, and it was it was led by the president of Kazerika USA, Carl Breeze. Uh, so it was all woodworking focused, oh, and nice. it was it was incredible. Oh my gosh, now, wow. it was too. Honestly, my biggest complaint it was too incredible. It was <laughs> <Wow>. too much. <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty simple person who has lives a pretty simple life to uh, to have two weeks of just awesomeness every day uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah was would just about blew 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 my head off um but yeah beautiful place and yeah. just so so inspiring so did you come back with some uh furniture pieces you needed to no. make? <laughs> no <laughs> temples I'm, I'm, or buildings yeah temples it was mostly it was mostly architecture Again, yeah, he, he sort of yeah. he catered it was you know he's a he's a carpenter yeah um he he catered a little bit we actually went and saw the nakashima yeah. um uh showroom there Okay. Um, he has cool. where in, in his hometown, uh, where he where he was born. Wow, so, I didn't uh, I didn't realize he had a showroom there. I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> but we hit it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's 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 pretty incredible. So yeah. uh, uh, so so this was you know showroom them selling new furniture and stuff like that. Yeah, I I, yeah. I suppose so. I, I'm not sure if it's associated with uh, what Mira's doing in New Hope, mm. but uh, there was definitely Nakashima pieces there and beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. That 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 is that is that is really yeah. nice. And well, then uh, oh, so I, I was go, just going to say, ahead. and then uh, and then for the Chinese furniture was another book. Mm -hmm. um, and again, mostly I've been learning from books. Um, I sort of learned pre-internet, or at least I didn't have it. <laughs> so uh, so it was all it was all books. And this this one book uh, was written by a guy named Gustav Eck in 1940, uh, before everyone was kicked out of China. Oh. Uh, he was mm -hmm. he was a German. And wrote this book, and it had schematic drawings of all the furniture in the back. And that that book, that was the first thing, the first time I really seen Chinese furniture, and that that sort of sparked that interest. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So their furniture has some incredible joinery, and just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just the interplay between round and square yeah. and angles, and yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty incredible stuff, and, and very elegant. Very, I mean, it's like yeah. a Queen Anne. It, it's very. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very. You know, it's not, um, it's a very refined, um, like very, very similar to Queen Anne. So, so for me as a woodworker being, hanging out with a bunch of woodworkers and them not knowing about Queen Anne furniture, it's just like crazy to me, you know, and, yeah. and China, Chinese, you know, Ming style being the equivalent. 
Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's why I feel like <laughs> I need to need to get out there with that. So Gustav X book, check yep. that out. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you are doing some um, upcoming classes with some Chinese furniture, aren't you? Yes, um, I, I actually just did one. Like it was sort mm -hmm. of a presentation. Um, okay, a, a, a day a slideshow. Um, but with this is at Bob's again. Um, but I'm I'm actually working with Bob to come up with a build um, where where we actually build a Chinese table uh, and do some of the joinery, Mo mostly the sliding dovetail panel in the top. I'm really interested in teaching. So um, that I, I wrote an article in Fine Woodworking for that. If you're interested in checking it out, I, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread and Japanese blades <laughs> is uh, um, tapered sliding dovetail battens uh, in in a in a panel. It's just, and I read the article. <laughs> it's incredible. All right. Yeah. I will. I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I keep making this, uh, I guess, confession a number of times, but unfortunately I signed up for the digital version of all the fine woodworking stuff and not getting the print magazine. That's a mistake. Don't do that. Yeah. No, no doubt. But yeah. because you end up not, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't checked out Fine Woodwork. What? There are six months of episode, of uh, right. issues I need to go through, you know? <laughs> yeah. I still prefer the paper. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, uh, I got to get signed back up to the paper. And Although uh, I do find myself trying print. to pinch, pinch and zoom sometimes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do that too. To see detail. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. I absolutely agree. Yep. Yep. Uh, that is, that is. Just fun. need a magnifying glass. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the old, the old fashioned pensions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So tell us about a little bit about some of your favorite furniture pieces that you've made so far. Yeah. Um, I feel like some of my earliest ones, um, really? were just, cool. were just so exciting and, uh, mm -hmm. they were uh, honestly, they were good. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how, um, honestly, that's, that's part of the, what I enjoy about them. Um, they turned out great and I, you know, I, I have them still. That's, that's part of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I do commissions, but I do do spec work. Um, you know, I, I was part of a, a furniture group here in the Hudson Valley, Hudson Valley furniture makers. Uh, and we do, we do shows. So I'd, I'd build on spec for that. Um, but yeah, don't, <laughs> don't build anything on spec. You don't want to live with for the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> is, is my advice. <laughs> so, so fortunately I, I followed that advice and I live with it. Uh, and I'm very yeah. happy with it. So I, I'm, that's probably, uh, it's in my bedroom. I had uh, a credenza. Okay. Early, well, early credenza. Yeah. At least you built it on spec, so it's nicely done and it's finished, you know? Yeah. And most, oh, yeah. Most, yeah. most furniture makers have, you know, their prototypes, <laughs> oh, that, you know. Or, yeah. It's yeah, empty on the inside. together, so. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other, really, my favorite piece is, uh, so when I got that Gustav Eck book uh, and mm. discovered for the first time all this Chinese furniture, uh, there's a form, a tapered cabinet, um chinese taper cabinet that is that that i built so i, so I saw it in x book and i just i wanted it <laughs> i wanted it bad so i so i built it and you know, a little bit you know changed the proportions a little bit um and that is honestly that's my favorite thing mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and and my mom has that so i i get to visit it uh you know every, every few months oh, oh that's, that's cool. cool yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah yeah i have a, i actually have a nakashima couch in my uh front room oh wow I did. I've sat in that couch. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things where I went, 
I will never be able to afford this. So, exactly. so let me, uh, let me, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, take some, you know, dimensions from the best photographs I can find and uh, build one. So I actually have two. I have a little love seat I just built to make sure I had all the angles right. I actually built <laughs> a six and a half foot couch. So, yeah. Awesome. But yeah, yeah. It was, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's cool. And, and, uh, you, if you know, can't buy it, build it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still amaze myself when I look at it and go, how many spindles are in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Quite a few. Quite a few. Quite a few. Well, so tell us a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that you've done for Fine Woodworking Magazine. You you were a prolific uh, contributor to them, at least every uh uh, what at least it's, a, it's couple, a couple of few times a year i see articles it's been a couple of years though again i've been uh i've been off the yeah. map for a couple of years um kids kind of did it to me <laughs> yeah um, that'll do but, it but uh renovating a house which we now live in uh which yeah. is now full of my furniture so i'm i'm kind of coming back to it and actually have some ideas that i want to want to pitch um mm. but i was trying to figure that out how many have i have written it's i couldn't <laughs> something between 10 and 15 um, and they, 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 a lot of times split up a project into two articles. Yeah. Um, so and my, then you've done some videos for them too. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of times for the article, they come out and do video. Um, so you get mm -hmm. two articles and a video out of one, one project. That's, you know, that's the best. Yep. Um, but I, I was trying to find it. Uh, my first article was a Chinese three-way miter, uh, and Anissa, uh, Capsellus is a editor. Mm -hmm. She lives half an hour from my, from my house. Um, so I knew her, she was part of our furniture group. So she, she got me started and I want to say that was 2005, 2008, again, uh, the dates, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm off <laughs> on that. um, and I've, I've done a bunch of, you know, Japanese tool articles, Japanese hand planes, check that one out. Mm -hmm. I will, <laughs> well, I will. All right. I will. Uh, Japanese saws, um, Japanese toolbox. And, uh, and then the other, the other things have been builds and those are mostly country pieces. Um, actually two, two cover articles, uh, a country hutch, uh, plate, you know, with plate rack on top. Mm -hmm. Um, that's in my house. That's, a, that's an absolute favorite piece. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, a blanket chest, the one I'm doing at Bob's actually, okay. um, that was, that was an article and was actually on the cover too. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, four, you know, a four board box dovetails in the corner. Um, I had a cotter pen hinge on the article one. I don't think I'm going to do that in the class, but, uh. And then uh, a sliding dovetail in the in the top as well. So a bunch of joinery and a simple, <laughs> quote unquote, simple well, yeah. country, country piece. Um, I, I tend to blow country pieces up into yeah, <laughs> making like, them not, not so saying, simple. How many sliding dovetails, <laughs> dovetails are in country pieces? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Between it's friends, the, what is it? It's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, the, it's the pine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I adore white pine. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice, and especially in your part of the country, you can exactly. actually get it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, if I lived if I lived on the west coast, uh, maybe I'd sing a different song. But yeah, um, for me on the east coast, for softwoods, I, I really just love yeah. uh, white pine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just have to deal with southern yellow pine, which is oh, you poor thing. Yeah, which is great for <laughs> yeah. you know sturdy buildings great yeah. makes great shop furniture but yeah you don't want to try to carve that stuff or it do anything heavy. yeah yeah it's it's heavy and it's tough and if it sits around it just keeps getting harder and harder and harder as the yeah. resin sets in yeah, it a lot so, of resin yeah a lot of resin well cool well tell us a little bit about your shop you mentioned you have uh you 
you're you do have some uh, power tools and stuff like that. So, I what do. do you have in the new studio? Um, so it's actually it is a new studio. Um, okay. Although it is the exact same as it has always been. Um, mm -hmm. So when when uh, when I was working on the house, mm -hmm. um, I had my shop set up, my hand tools shop set up in whatever room was <laughs> cleanest, mm -hmm. uh, and we were living in what is now my shop. Uh, so we we made that switch. So now I'm back and now I'm in my shop permanent, uh, which is absolutely wonderful um, to feel. I mean, again, it hasn't changed. Uh, it, it's simple as always, but it's gonna be there next year <laughs> and the year after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if exactly. I put something on the wall, I can like put it on the wall. Well, yeah, big um, benefit yeah. to that. So so in this area, and it's actually attached to the house. Um, so which is I, I like being at home. I, I couldn't yeah. imagine having an away shop. I, I just I. Yeah, I would never be home. <laughs> this this way, I can be home uh, and in the shop at the same time. Um, but it's so you know you've it, I, there's actually a video on fine woodworking a shop tour. It is exactly like that, and that shop tour was in what is now my office in the house. Um, oh, okay, it was maybe a ten by ten space, yeah. so I don't need a lot of space. So my hand tool space is now it's maybe fifteen by twenty, um, and it's beautiful and zen and everything is in its place and yep. is right uh and then you step outside that <laughs> 10 by 20 and it's you know i'm it's a dump i I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> i am i am extremely controlled in my work uh but not outside of my work um so my go. shop so my shop reflects that it's really simple it's just uh a wall with with hand tools on it right behind my bench so i'm you know not walking around ever it's just I use a tool, I put it right back, and it's just a shelf. It doesn't have a spot on the shelf. It's just uh, pick it up, put it down. Mm -hmm. um, and then in, in the same space, although kind of further away, I have a table saw, chop saw, uh, uh, drill press, and a small bandsaw. Um, and then I have a garage with some bigger power tools with uh, a big power planer and a dust collector, uh, another table saw, um, another chop saw. So I actually have two of the exact same shop my my father passed five years ago and he had i inherited his shop and his shop was exactly like my shop because he came out when i you know when i first yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you i recommended when, you need to buy this yeah exactly so so i have two of everything now um oh and they're 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 not which i like it's yeah, uh, yeah that's that's cool yeah um so i so big sort of really rough work happens in the garage and then sort of finer stuff happens uh mm. in this in in this the shop uh the the well, well that, shop, whatever that's nice for setup and stuff like that absolutely if you're, if you're going through mm -hmm. you can set one machine up to do this particular operation no doubt do, it, yeah. especially the table saw having having two table saws is really nice yeah um yeah and it's they, they, i don't have a smart saw them. but yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah or a yeah. cross cut on one and a rip on another yeah mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i i don't have a uh whatever they're called saw stop yeah um, i have a, a contractor saw Okay, which, is, yeah. which I find really safe, actually, because um, I'm stronger than the saw. So when <laughs> things go when things go wrong, I get more confident. You know, I, yeah. I lean into it. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, so you no, know when it's having a struggle, and you know and, when. To and, and I win. You know, if it yep. yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 blade stops spinning, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if 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 I wanted to, you know, if it comes yep. push to shove, yeah, um, my push is stronger Harder. than the shove, and yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so the that makes stuff, sense, but yeah, but, human break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, if I I have all ten, but uh, you know, it yeah. doesn't stop if it hits a finger. <laughs> right, right, yes, right. So, it it, yeah. it is. Be careful. It, you know, the yeah. the uncommon 
knowledge is that yeah. if you're pushing too hard on that kitchen knife, it's dull. Yeah. A totally. sharper knife is safer, yeah. even mm-hmm. though you don't think so because you're worried about cutting yourself. Right. It is the fact that it requires less effort to yeah. cut. Mm-hmm. So sharpen your tools and be delicate with their use and you probably won't have problems. Yeah. 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 Well, well, that is a good question. So what is your sharpening regimen? Oh man. I assume Japanese water stuff. <laughs> Japanese oh, water stuffs. Lots and lots of it. No, 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 no controversy here. Just lots, lots and lots, lots of, of it. it. Uh, yes. honestly, I, I I've I've used all sorts of different stones. Um are you I, all I, natural or are you using the ceramic ones or um a bit of both? I've I uh I have a few Japanese natural stones. Mm-hmm. Um I've tried to keep them out of my <laughs> um shop just because I I I know it's a uh, can of worms that that I'm uh, reluctant to open. Yeah. Um I I I use I love them. They're it's just a wonderful feeling to use a million <laughs> year old rock, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Um to sharpen your blades. Um but for the most part it's just time spent sharpening. I sharpen a lot. You know, that's that's my that's my secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I you know, I I've in terms of my learning, I've done, you know, learned I've spent more time sharpening, learning how to sharpen than any other skill. Um in a you know, in a day I sh- I spend not an hour, but <laughs> not not much less than an hour sharpening. Yeah. You know, if 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 I'm putting finish on Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so everything, everything is finished with a hand plane. I don't, I don't sand anything. So it's, yep. it is the finish, you know, how, mm-hmm. how good my sharpening is, is what the, what will reflect in literally reflect, uh, <laughs> with, with a shot in, in the piece, you know, so it's that, that time is worth it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the secret is just, it's not a chore. It's, it's something I love to do. Um, it kind of relaxes me. It, uh, centers me, grounds me allows me to refocus. You know, I feel like when I'm working on my project, I get tunnel vision. Uh, so I get away for 15 minutes. I sharpen, I come back. I have more perspective. I, I realize <laughs> I'm screwing something up that I, <laughs> that I didn't see before. Cause I, you know, yeah. Um, so it, it, it gets me sharp and it, and it gets me mentally sharp. So it's, it, it's everything. That's uh, nice. I think that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's important. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's not a, it's not a chore. It's it's a necessity, and yeah. and you need to understand it and enjoy it to a certain degree. Yeah, and, and just it understand that it's it's giving you something <laughs> very yeah, important. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're saying like I don't ever sand, I can plane to yeah. to a finish. Yeah, you and, and if you haven't or don't don't understand that, you need to understand it and and try it because it it really is you know the process is the goal mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you have some of those um, very specialized, small, small planes for getting into tight spots, especially for the finish work? Um, I've seen them used. I forgot their exact like, name. Like just finger planes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. Yeah. Some of them have some long, you know, it's like, like a very tiny blade, but it's kind of long and some of them are really short and yeah. For getting uh, in grooves and stuff. Yeah. I have groove yeah, yeah. planes and getting yeah. on the side of the groove. Yeah. Lots of little mm-hmm. specialty planes. Uh, not a lot of finger planes in the sense that they're okay. only two inches long right um i actually need one for this project <laughs> but, yeah um, yeah uh, so, so maybe it's it's in the in the future yeah because i i saw a video oh it's got to be a couple of years ago about uh uh a company using them and uh to do like spindles and stuff like that you know yep. the to finish the spindles off and they, they showed it in use and then they, you know, I couldn't follow the translation, but anyway, um, but then they, um, showed them actually making them. 
and it was it was it was, it was kind of interesting i was like that's pretty cool that's pretty cool especially look like the finish they were getting off of them were just you know exactly. it was fantastic yeah you know i mean that's that's really the thing yeah. i take from japan is the hand plane finish and that's yeah that's what i want so bad in in <laughs> the rest of the world is that because once you once you want a hand plane finish everything else falls in line you know then you mm. then you want to sharpen uh then you mm. really want a quality blade that can be sharpened well uh then you really want a plane that performs well is tuned well um so yeah so if if i can plant that seed of hand plane finishing people then everything else will take care of itself so there you go yeah and it's okay. just it's it's so beautiful you know it's like it's the how how the wood looks after hand yeah. hand plane mm-hmm. um can't be you know you can't get that out of sandpaper no oh all right well i will definitely be visiting you in a couple of months at the texas woodworking I'll, I'll work in it. your in your booth and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll go through i'll, some I'll, have, planes, I'll yeah. have some plans uh plans for you to use for sure so. right. there you go yeah. the, the best thing if you've never been to a, any sort of woodworking show is getting your hands on the tool yeah is yeah. the mm-hmm. best sales technique no exactly. to a, a sharp one <laughs> exactly. a good, a good yeah. sharp one effortlessly in its use yeah. yes yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. yeah there's a reason i have a lee nielsen number 51 and that's because <laughs> i was at a show it was very <laughs> sharp and i'd like to say i'm a stronger man because i I've, yeah. I've used that tool at a show and i didn't buy one <laughs> just saying i just i don't know oh yeah i always say that you know i need to sell that because i hardly ever ever use it but it's it's fantastic yeah uh, anyway it's an heirloom piece kyle keep exactly. it exactly exactly right. well so is there anything else you'd like to uh mention to the car listeners that we haven't touched on no i i did did japanese hand planes and uh chinese furniture i'm all right i'm good thank you well, well fantastic <laughs> well let's move on to our uh fortnightly beer choices so i am drinking um carbach has a new uh summer Beer out. It's called their Summer L, and it's called Tasty Waves. And on the top of it, it says "Aloha, Mr. Can." So anyway, it's a nice little beer, and it's very light. It's four point nine percent, but it's a very nice little L. So anyway, Miss Mr. Hand, Mr. Can, Hello. Mr. Can. So is that is that a uh, Welcome Back Cotter reference? I don't know. <laughs> it's just something I just saw it, and I went, "Why is that on there?" But I guess it's just you know they're they're just having fun. They're just having wow. fun. Wow. But yeah, tasty waves from Carbox. So give that it has a it's a very nice little summer ale, has a little bit of citrus to it. So um, nice. not too bad. So Brian, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a doppelganger. Uh, it's okay. a double a double IPA uh, from Treehouse Brewing, which is up uh, north of Andrew there in Massachusetts. Um, Treehouse is if you have ever get a chance to get up there, it's a great brewery. Uh, um, the beer, almost every beer they make is phenomenal. Uh, the food's actually pretty good up in that area too. So um, yeah, but one of my neighbors was just up there, brought brought down some beer, and uh, it's uh, it's a little strong at eight percent, but it's mm. uh, it's not overly hoppy, but it's it's definitely you, you got to enjoy hops to have this. But uh, yeah, I yeah. like it a lot. Cool, Sean, how about you? Yeah, it's a good double you got there. Um, we got we got to definitely look into Iowa beers for uh, handworks coming up because I I've been in a place that's got more than a few on tap, so there's oh. some good good offerings to have for sure. But um, tonight I uh. <clears throat> Recently, I, I have to recommend if you're ever in Wisconsin and you can get some. Oh gosh, now I forget the. Oh my God, I forget the brewer. I literally had four beers in the last four days because my buddy got me some for. Oh, New Glarus. New Glarus is only available in Wisconsin. My buddy mm-hmm. went there with his wife to 
they, they have this whole thing about visiting every uh major league ballpark in the country oh cool and so yeah. they went up to saw the brewers play the tigers and da, da, mm-hmm. da, da, da. but he surprised me on sunday we went for a run and he's like here and he handed me four bottles of this variety pack of new glarus new glarus great beers find them but today i went to pick up some beer and i found that dogfish head had a new uh brew according to the label it says new um their citrus squall which is a uh, it's a red can it's got other stuff and i don't know it's like it's a similar eight percent but it's kind of like an ale mildly sour citrusy okay. sour um mm-hmm. but, but really good so i mean dogfish head i think is widely so you know uh, you know distributed now um, yep. So you should be able to find it. It looks like their new kind of maybe summer offering. Same thing. What weather's mm-hmm. getting warmer? Good summer beer. It's uh, it's kind of the thing. Cool. And uh, so, Andrew, how about you? What you drinking? Uh, I have to confess, Stella. <laughs> Stella. No, 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 no. All right. It, Honestly, it feels so uh, um, no. unmicro no. brew. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I have to be able to see through my beer. That's one of the rules. No, no, uh, no confession. And it can't. Uh, and it can't taste. <laughs> so so i like before uh, before this before the dogfish ad i had a miller light i mean i promise yeah. you it, it's okay it's yeah fine. yeah miller light yeah. sean's uh house it's a beer. home beer it's, right. it's a yeah, house yeah. it's a house ale it's it's whatever yeah. you call it you want but no yeah. still nothing yeah. wrong with stella i i love it and it's uh, you know my my friends like beer and they like are you guys talking about all the different yeah. beers they're drinking and all i drink is watery down stella sorry yeah, That's no, it. no, no, no. Yep. It's fine. Where, where you live, Andrew, is like the heart I, of craft I know, air movement. I know. In the <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is. It's. I get. I get flack all the time. That's why I feel like I'm coming into this a little sheepish. No, um, no, no, no. Yeah. You, should, you should have seen the side eye they gave me when I was drinking a vodka soda during one of the podcasts. <laughs> the, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it, it shifted yeah. from like from oregon to new england you know it's the new craft area on the east coast from the west yeah. coast yeah. and uh yeah the you know that whole new england area is 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 really popping with all this new beer you know yeah. it's pretty sweet yeah but brian says it was a vodka soda but we all know it was zima so <laughs> yeah hey I, I full disclosure i drank my fair share of that in the 90s you know. oh yeah for sure for sure that and mad dog Oof, wine, I never, wine, I never did Mad Dog. Uh, wine coolers. Oh, wine oh, coolers. Wine coolers. Mad oh, dog, all of it. <laughs> I yep. drank a lot of Yingling, Rolling Rock, and oh, you're yeah. Pennsylvania. We didn't get Yingling yeah. until like five years. Yeah. Whatever happened to Bartles and James? Is that still a thing? You know what? I don't know. Yeah, I remember they I had love, commercials. And commercials were yeah. funny as hell, and, yeah. and I remember seeing them. But yeah, nowadays, uh, they somebody swallowed them up. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, with that, so Andrew, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I found one place. I did. I um I bought a cell phone four years ago, um and got on uh, my first cell phone. Yeah. Uh, to get on Instagram, and that right. that is where I am right now. And yeah. and I'm not even very good at that. Um, I'm working on it. Okay. It's it's on my to do list. A I, uh, I used to have a website, and uh, I didn't pay the bill, and then they took it away. So oh, I don't uh, have it anymore. <laughs> it's weird how that works, but uh, yeah. um, I have plans. Yep. Well, yeah. well, cool. But yeah, yeah. You can always, always check out Instagram for Andrew yeah, Hunter. Google it. Google Andrew Hunter Furniture. There's, there's some, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You do that. You're, you're going to be uh, directed to either maybe. Instagram yeah. or to find woodworking site, yeah. which is yeah. always good. And you can yeah. read all the articles there. 
So Brian, what about yourself? Uh, Instagram is where you can find me at Obst Woodworks and Obst is O-B-S-T. Kyle, how about you? You can always find me on Instagram at barton.kyle or bbcustomtools, bbcustomtools.com or on YouTube under bbcustomtools or Kyle Barton. So Sean, what about yourself? Oh, you know, you can find me on most social medias at SeanW78. Fantastic. So do we have any reviews? Uh, we do. Uh, this is regarding episode uh, 449 and 450 with Frank Straza. Uh, he's a really nice guy. Uh, he has a really interesting perspective on a lot of stuff. So be, if you haven't listened to that episode, you know, give yourself some time and go back and listen to them. They're, they're really mm-hmm. informative. Uh, but the first review is from Robert uh, Tolnay or Tolnay? Oh, like, Tolnay. Tolnay. All right. Uh, Robert looks like he's a chair maker. Uh, I was looking through his Instagram. He also made a whiskey cabinet that looked pretty darn good. So uh, we appreciate it. And Robert says, that's going to be a great interview. Looking forward to listening. And then uh, our other review here is from uh, Brian Crano, who the only Brian Crano I could find on Instagram was a director, a movie director. Mm. Uh, So, hey, we may have some famous listeners. I don't know. Um, But Brian says that was a great one, or this was a great one uh, regarding Frank Straza's episode. Uh, so if you would like to leave us some feedback, you can do it in a variety of spots. You can leave it on the MWA podcast Instagram account. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can also uh, spam Kyle's Instagram account and leave it there if you want. Uh, but we appreciate the feedback. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.